Hello, everybody, and welcome to Creator Crush. We talk to amazing creators who make fantastic things that we can't get enough of. I'm Steven, joined as always by the wonderful Smash. And tonight on the show, we are so happy to have Potter artist and writer Rachel Boreen of Ink Truffle. Welcome to the show, Rachel. Hi, I'm really happy to be here. Oh, we're so happy. This is a this interview is a long time coming. We've been working on this for quite some time. Mostly our fault. Uh, so we appreciate you still being willing to come talk to us two idiots on the, uh, the internet for a minute about everything you do. Awesome. Yeah, it's been like four months, so I'm really, really glad to be here. <laughs> I, I, we, we were just talking about your uh, your bow tie. We're digging the style. I appreciate you oh. dressing Thank up you. for the show, yes. for sure. So, man, okay, so we've been talking about this for a long time, and we... We, I know that you're a potter, uh, you do the, the mugs and whatnot on Ink Truffle, and you also do some writing, uh, yes. so tell us a little bit about Ink Truffle, where that came from. All right, so I actually started, uh, I used to do black and white illustrations with, you know, real ink and a dip pen, and uh, I just love ink, and I love monsters, and... Eventually, you know, I started collecting coffee mugs and I got really into collecting handmade pottery. Um, so when I, I started my journey into pottery, I really wanted to bring that over, you know, like a cartoony kind of fun vibe. So to me, an ink truffle is just a chocolate truffle filled with ink. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds mildly unappetizing. Well, you have to be a monster to eat it, so. That makes less sense, but sounds delicious <laughs> if I was a monster. <laughs> I get it. I get it. No, that's, that's Thank awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm down with what you're, what you're throwing out there, because I love, I love your pottery. Like, we were talking about several mugs that I think Ashley and I both want to buy uh, for each other. Probably like writing the book. I was going to say, like, just to switch them back and forth. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll trade them off for whichever one you want. But no, I was thinking, like, one of, you, one of the ones that I noticed right out of the gate was the write the, write the damn book uh, yes, mug. Yes. Which I feel, did you make that for yourself? Because I feel <laughs> like uh, every writer has to have that. And then maybe that was where that came from. Yeah, that was actually based on a cake that my father in law got for my mother in law when she retired. <laughs> she has been writing a book for like 20 25 years and she said well i'll write it when i'm retired and like the day she retired lo and behold he brought a cake that said write the damn book on it so with their blessing i now make coffee mugs <laughs> that is fantastic that's did she write the did she write the book she began yes she started her journey, so she had been just cooking she, this yeah. uh, this book in her brain for the last twenty something yeah. years. Yeah, really. It's I think hers though is a historical book, so she actually needs like peer review. Oh, that's complicated. So, yeah, that takes time. So you come from a, a line of of artists and creative folks, then. Yeah, that's my mother in law, but my oh, right, grandmother. Right. My grandmother actually did pottery and she did painting. So my grandmother did a lot of, she just liked to do reproductions, which totally cool, but she would do like life-size reproductions of like famous sculptures um, and paintings. And when I was little, you know, I thought, I thought granny was like a genius cause I didn't know any better, but uh <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, that's amazing. She's like, yeah, I painted that. And it's, you know, a a reproduction of like a Van Gogh, but it was really nice. I feel like that would take a, a lot of balls to sit down and say, I'm going to copy something that everybody should be able to visually recognize right off the bat. <laughs> yes, she was Russian, so... So I feel like I feel like that answers so much, but I would go. Yes. Oh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it tells you a lot without telling you anything. Ah. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. She's persistent and strong and stuff. 
Yes, and, and stubborn. Yes. <laughs> yeah, of course. That's awesome. Were, were your parents creative at all? Did you get, or did it, did it skip them and just go to you? You know, I don't want to say it skipped them, but I don't think they really had the opportunity. Uh, you know, my mom had me when she was 19, back when being a single mom really was not as common. So uh, she just started working right away. And she's been working um, in the same hospital, you know, since before I was born. But my dad was a mechanic. So in a way, that is, that's creative. It's just, you know, machine creative. Yeah, I would say like being a mechanic is all about like coming up with creative ways to fix a thing, you know, sometimes thinking out of the box and stuff like that. So I definitely lend it to people. We should have more mechanics and, and people in the, uh, the machine business on here. Like you you're creative when you, you know, glued that thing to that thing when you didn't have a screw and that worked, (laughs) you know, those kinds of things. I feel like that matters. So like maybe, maybe your mom had that creative bone, but just, uh, didn't get to, to use it. I, I think I've, I've seen other family members. I'm like, you have a lot of things I have. You just didn't latch on to it. Like you, you could see that spark somewhere. You just like, you never had the opportunity. Yes. Yeah. So at what, at what point did the, did the potter, did the, your art come along? Like, I know you said you started to do black and white illustrations. Like where were you, where was that? Um, where did you begin that journey? Oh man. I hate when people say, well, I was six years old, but I was (laughs) six years old. (laughs) And uh, I was an only child, so I had to entertain myself. And I just would draw. Like, that was it. That is what I did. Um, But, you know, not to get heavy. As I got older and was a teenager, I had a very, very, very creative, artistic best friend. So I got very shy about being, you know, quote, unquote, the artsy one. So she would draw and paint and she went to college for art and uh, I just kind of did my own thing and kind of hid my stuff away. And then Tumblr came around, you know, ye old classic Tumblr. And I put my stuff up and I started talking to more artists. And, you know, you, you eventually realize there is there's room for everybody. So I didn't go to school for art. But I started selling some illustrations, and then I started block printing fabric. So I would carve, you know, the block or the stamp, and I would put it onto purses and tote bags. And, you know, people are like, I really, really, really like this. And I was like, oh, maybe I can put it on pottery. (laughs) Nice. So I did. Yeah. Yeah. So did you find... Oh, no, go ahead, Ash. I'm... No, I was just wondering how you made the, the jump to pottery from paper to pottery. Oh, God. So my secret is that I hate sewing. <laughs> but... I feel like most creative people have that issue. <laughs> I But it sold. It sold purses and little zipper pouches sell. Aww. So I actually wanted to do pottery for like eight years but I couldn't afford like the classes and the studio time. So I got a sewing machine and I sold purses until I saved up for the classes. That's clever. That'll do it. Did you find, did you find Tumblr to be an encouraging place to post your art or was it, was it hard uh, to put it there? Cause I feel like you're kind of exposing a nerve to the internet. Like, please don't hate this. So that's always amazing to me to hear people like what that felt like. I mean, I think the worst part, it was it was sort of radio silence because my stuff was hand drawn and my scanner was like terrible <laughs> <laughs> and I had no Photoshop. So I put it on. It would be like a day later and it'd be like, you got one note. And I was like, oh, Aww. I got one note. But uh, yeah, actually, Instagram is a lot better. I think sometimes if you don't have a big following, because people will just kind of go through and give you hearts and follows. Yeah, it's, and so that was an ego better. boost. It makes it easier too with Instagram because you you know you've got all the kids, you know, for one thing, they got nothing better to do but wait in line <laughs> at, in the lunchroom and 
double tap pictures all all day. So I mean, yeah, you, you got that exactly. going for you, and it's it's easy to follow. Whereas Tumblr, like, there's a mobile app, but you know, back in the day, people were sitting at their computer when they were doing Tumblr and like trying to find new stuff. So I think I think the Instagram makes sense as a good move. Not yes. that Tumblr's bad. I know people, we've had artists on here who keep up a Tumblr, but they also post that stuff to Instagram, and I'm sure the Instagram gets more attention. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So do you see do you see a lot of people come to your site through that? Like, how do people normally find you? Is it, is it via the Etsy or, or just Googling Ink Truffle, or is it stuff via Instagram that people have, like, reposted and stuff? It is usually either Instagram or in person. You know, Instagram, I can just put hashtag pottery and that reaches tens of thousands of people um, who follow the pottery tag. Um, And then you can hashtag like whatever is on it, like, oh, hashtag narwhal. And then people will be like, oh, there it is. (laughs) Um, Or in person. Because we have a really good art community. Uh, I'm from the Lehigh Valley in Pennsylvania. So it's like a small community, but it's growing. So it's pretty easy to kind of get people interested in handmade, like small time art around here. Is that something you feel like picking up a little bit, like the, the handmade specialty item versus the running to target and grabbing something or is that something that's relatively new to your area just because it's a smaller area? Yeah, it's, it's weird. It's a mix of both. It's like this perfect balance. You know, I can stand at my table all day selling stuff and, uh, one person will come up and be like $30. I could get this at Walmart. And I'm like, oh, oh. I'm like, okay, that's, I mean, that's fine. That's cool. And then I'll have someone be like, oh, 30 bucks, you're not charging enough. (laughs) And it's like this, it's like this perfect in between. It's really hard to describe. Do do people actually have that? Steven and I just moved to an area where I think we're relatively new to some of the the art fairs Mm -hmm. and seeing people set up the, the tents. And I can't imagine walking up to someone and critiquing what they're selling quality oh, or price wise does that happen oh 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 my yeah i actually <laughs> i get i get a lot of critique in person right directly to my face oh um, good yeah <laughs> yeah that's what it's, you want you know feedback it's actually it's given me a thicker skin for writing because at this point if you, you can walk right up to me and be like i don't like any of this <laughs> i dead serious last not even last week, a couple days ago, I set up for a show and I won't give any identifying information, but somebody who is actually another potter came up to my table, introduced themselves, and then told me everything they didn't like. Were they trying to go about it from, did they think they were helping or were they just being awful, do you think? <sighs> uh, maybe a little bit of both. Oh, he. Lord. <laughs> Yeah, it was really weird. It's really, it's an interesting experience. They told me if I left my whole style behind and just studied under them, I could be real, like a real potter. (laughs) Wow. That is mind-blowing. It was wild, like in front of other customers, in front of other artists. And it was hard to even be offended at the time because I was like, oh, Uh, like speechless. (laughs) I was going to ask you how you responded to that. I actually just said, oh, okay, well, have a nice day. It was nice meeting you. And just kind of (laughs) like, like let him go on his own way. It was really baffling because like he didn't like the clay I used. He didn't like the glazes. He didn't like the design. He didn't like the heat that we fired to in the kiln. He didn't (laughs) like anything. Wow, I just don't understand. I mean, I feel like somebody like that is missing a, you know, missing something that's key to the human experience. If you can just walk up to an artist and be like, I don't like any of your work. If you didn't do it like this, you could do it like me, and then you'd be great. Like, what the devil? 
You know, it's, it's you hard enough. you just copied me exactly. Sorry, go ahead. I was no, just going to say, right? you copied me exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, I don't know, because to me, art is a, a very, it's an incredibly personal uh, thing. You, you're, you, anything, like, I used to write um, songs as part of a band, and, like, anytime you write a thing and share it with someone, it's the most horrifying experience. Like, oh, I know. I think one of the most amazing things about, talking to to you guys like like creative people on this show is like your willingness to go i made a thing here world look at it and and this underappreciated like bravery that you guys show that that people just take for granted um so i don't yeah i don't know how you deal with with something something like that and keep moving forward it's just really impressive you know i used to be very sensitive because i started out as a writer and they always say critique is hard it is always going to be personal. An editor, critique partner, agent can say it's not personal, but we all know that's like a lie. <laughs> it's right. it's going to feel so personal. But it's funny. You step out and you do a different art. And I have never had any agent or editor say this is completely 100% garbage. But I've had other potters say that to me, which is weird. Huh. It's been a very difficult transition taking what I knew about the creative world and kind of stepping into a completely different community because the way critique is in pottery is if it's bad, you are encouraged to literally take a hammer, break it, and throw it in the trash. So it's kind of been this, I'm going on the third revision of my book for an agent who he, this person has not said yes or no yet. It's kind of like that, that maybe, but I'm like, you can't hurt me anymore, yo. I like, (laughs) there's the, the thick skin is like a, is a turtle shell at this point. So that's the secret is you do an art (laughs) where people literally tell you to destroy the thing you did. So that you could go exactly. do the art where they're like, just change it a little. And you're like, oh, exactly. I could do that all day. Changes are easy. Exactly. That's, I mean, that does sound uh, like with words, you know, most of the time they're, they're just on the computer. You can backspace, you can remove a thing. Like, yeah, with pottery, you once you've fired it, you're committed. Like that is the work, right? Or, or am I mistaken? <laughs> Not like once you put it, um, I do two firing. Sorry to get like technical. No, no we love that. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Yes, okay. So it, my pottery goes through two firings. So you fire it, like you make the pottery out of the clay. And then once it's dry, you put it through the kiln the first time. And that's the bisque firing, like the soup, but not really. <laughs> <laughs> and then you put the glaze on it and you put it through the, the glaze firing. So you can destroy stuff when it comes out of the first firing, but sometimes you don't know it's real messed up until the second firing. So what is the, will you actually walk us through some of this? Cause I, I may speak for Steven, but I don't think we have a clue how to make anything go from like Play-Doh to drinkable. (laughs) I did it in second grade or first grade, but that was probably the last time I actually went from, from it was pinch pots because that's what you do when you're like in first grade is pinch pots. I love, no, I love pinch pots. I actually make and sell pinch pots. um, So you take the raw clay. It's what it's, you know, it's, you can work with it. And I use a pottery wheel. So I put the ball of clay on the pottery wheel And then through an act of physics and miracles, I turn it into a cylinder. And then after I turn it into the cylinder, you put it on like a plastic board under plastic and you wait a few days. So what does that do? It starts to firm it up. So instead of being really soft, it's still soft, but it's kind of hard. It's called leather hard. It kind of, it's like the consistency of like, kind of like a softer leather. Huh. So you put it back on the wheel upside down. And then you trim the bottom of it. Like if you, don't flip your mug upside down if there's stuff in it. But on the bottom of your mug, it's probably indented a little bit. Yeah, you might want to. <laughs> <laughs> drink out of it first. <laughs> <laughs> 
So you actually carve that little indent in. Oh, cool. Yeah, you carve in the indent and you can carve like a little foot on it and stuff. And then you put the handle on and then you decorate it. Like if I want to put, if you saw my fox and narwhal mugs, that's actually a different piece of clay that I have to put on. So you could put all of the other decorations on and then you let that dry. <laughs> there you go. Yay. <laughs> you are you are now a potter. <laughs> you can open your Etsy shop tomorrow. <laughs> so after you form that whole vessel, it is extremely fragile. And it goes in the first firing where it starts to vitrify, which means a ton of water comes out of it and it gets harder. Okay. So normally the clay I work with starts out either like gray or a different shade of gray. And then when it comes out of the first firing, it turns a different color. Like it'll turn pink or white or like a different shade of beige, but it's not done yet. So then you put the glazes on it and you put it back into the kiln and it vitrifies the rest of the way and turns into the final color. And the glaze actually has silica in it. So it kind of melts like glass and it turns different colors and gets really pretty. And then as the kiln cools down, it hardens and you have your finished piece. That's amazing. Thank you for walking us through that. Cause like, <laughs> I, I like the technical details. I think a lot of people that listen were like completely lost on what pottery is. So that's that most of us. The <laughs> only most of us, the only introduction we have is either Play-Doh or the infamous scene from Ghost, um, right. <laughs> which we all assume is all potters do is is sit in their underwear and potter and think about Patrick Swayze. I'll tell you what. The studio I'm at, uh, the art establishment, we have run with it. We have a Patrick Swayze date night. Oh, yes. We have, it's not giving up so much as just joining. You know, you don't give up on the joke, you join in. Yeah. So the, the, the studio owner is trying to find like a Patrick Swayze mask or like a cardboard cutout. Lord. We lower the lights. We're going to put some candles out, some food. And you get to ghost each other. Nice. That's play some, some Unchained Melody in the background. You play some Unchained Melody. <laughs> it's, 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 I mean, that was my first introduction to pottery. I thought it was awesome. You know, that's <laughs> what I want to do. We actually, we had uh, Whoopi Goldberg did a show, I think, a couple weeks ago, like in our town. Nice. Oh, wow. And I was like, man, if we could get her to come to this pottery studio. <laughs> Yeah, if you're lost, uh, you need to see the movie Ghost from the early 90s, starring Demi Moore, Whoopi Goldberg, and Patrick Swayze, and where Whoopi Goldberg gets to play Patrick Swayze in some really weird love triangle. It's great. <laughs> it's everything you ever wanted <laughs> out of a movie. So anyway, back to the, the, the creativity and where all this dumb stuff comes from. Did you, did you set out to make this kind of a, a moneymaker for you, or were you just playing around with this stuff and it just ended up that way. So I knew from like high school age, I was going to have to work in some kind of creative job. Um, now I did not know this until last year, but uh, I am on the autism spectrum. So I had a really, really hard time in college and in a regular work world so it didn't matter how much effort I was putting in because I did not understand sensory overload. I just knew it was happening and I thought it happened to everybody else too. So I thought, well, you know, everybody's better at work. Everybody's better at school oh, wow. and they're going through this too. So I pushed and I pu pushed and at one point I remember I mean, I won't go into the details, but eventually my husband's like, you know, if, if you're if you want to quit your job, just just please quit your job. But to put that on your partner is a lot. <laughs> you know, to be like, hi, honey, while I go chase my uh, financially unstable art dream, you're going to be the sole provider. Um, but he's awesome. And uh, 
So I started out trying to make money. So I got that sewing machine and I started doing that. And I said to myself, within 10 years, I'm going to try to find a way to start pottery so I can stop sewing. And that was two years ago. Nice. Wow. And it was completely the universe was like, I'm going to cut you a break here because I was supposed to do a show at the art establishment, like with my zipper pouches. And I forgot about it. And it was, (laughs) (laughs) I completely forgot about it. And the one day my friend was like, are you doing that show? And I was like, what show? (laughs) I hadn't paid for it. I mean, like, I'd sent the application in, but I'd completely forgotten. So last minute, I was like, well, I have all this inventory. I may as well show up. So I paid like the 30 bucks. I set up in the basement and I'm walking down and I'm like, there's like a pottery studio down here. And like time, like time stopped. And I'm like, trying not to be the weirdo, like crying in someone's art basement. But I was like, there's... (laughs) You know what I mean? But there's pottery here. And she's like, oh, yeah, we have a class. And I took the class. And that was it. That's That's magical. That was, it was seriously, like, the universe was like, all right, you may have a job. You may have income. And I was like, oh, thanks, universe. (laughs) I think that's what we're going to name the show, Crying in an Art Basement. (laughs) I'm going to use that from now. I'm going to find a way to work that into my somehow like it's artistically just oomphy and uh it's not the last time i cried in that basement under the stairs but uh there's there's a staircase and i say i sleep under there like harry potter but uh i felt bad one time a student believed me and she was like honey do you need somewhere to stay (laughs) and i was like oh my god i am so sorry i was joking my husband makes me sleep under the staircase. I have to sleep under the, the studio. You know. <laughs> but yeah, no, I don't actually live in, in the pottery basement. <laughs> That's good to know. I'm I'm really glad you shared that because I think that, that that probably provides a lot of people with, with some hope to deal with any kind of like any kind of situation where they 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 have to find some new way to do a thing, you know? And and like I love I love that you said, you know, your husband was really supportive because I heard of I mean, that's basically once you become an adult and you're responsible for paying for anything like it's almost a requirement to have a supportive spouse or supportive significant other in your life to accomplish a creative goal. Because it's like, I don't know if I'm, this is going to work. Will you carry me? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's really great. And it is a lot of money out before it's any money in, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. uh, you know, anytime you look at something handmade, you know, yeah, the, the mug says it's 30 bucks on it and people don't understand and I do not blame them because I didn't either. I walked into that first class, not knowing you pay for the clay, for the glazes, for the studio time. It, it gets to be a lot. And uh, sometimes I'm buying all those glaze materials and I'm like, oh, that is significant. That is significant. <laughs> so. Yeah. And it's like that's that's a certain amount of, of money. Like, you know, they're they're going thirty dollar mug. That's crazy. But you're like, well, I get like to use 10 of it for myself. And that's mostly going yeah. to paying, you know, for electricity <laughs> so I can live. It's it's one of the, the common things you see in art communities. It's like. People, you know, go into a con or something and seeing a comic book artist and going, will you draw me Spider-Man? And they're like, yeah, that'll be like 15 bucks. And they're like, wait, what? You want me to pay for it? Yeah. An exposure. Yeah, I'll, I'll ex- give you exposure. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my landlord doesn't take the exposure dollars. <laughs> so. Those are my favorite memes I'll see on Twitter every once in a while. Is the Like an artist or somebody super creative will say, I cannot pay the electricity in exposure. But thank you for the offer. <laughs> yes. I forget. I saw that on somebody's comic for the first time. Forget who he is. He's he's really good, though. But yeah, I'll just name some name drop someone I don't know when what their name is. Oh, well, <laughs> Google <laughs> exposure bucks. Yeah. Exposure bucks. <laughs> is that so is that 
an issue that you you have with the the medium that they're doing that you're you're using with the the pottery or is that more toward artists would you say i actually think it's it's probably worse for people oh. who draw it's worse for to be because even if people say you know i could buy this for 5 bucks at walmart yeah i actually understand that they don't need to tell me that over and over but <laughs> right <laughs> You know, you only make how much money you make, and I can't offer the the price to be lower, and you can't afford it, so no offense taken, but people who draw, people don't see it as a physical object a lot, you know, especially if it's digital. Yeah. You know, so their commission is 50 bucks, and, you know, it's like, people think it's just a picture. Right. That That's not what it is. So I've actually had an easier time selling pottery than I ever did prints. Huh, that's a that's a good. So yeah. Yeah, that's a good take on it. I actually just wonder about the people that that do walk into the the booths cuz I feel like if you're going to one of those art festivals or art fairs that I'm not entirely sure why you would walk into the booth space if you didn't intend on at least looking intently. As opposed to just walking in and telling somebody that they're too expensive or their glaze is wrong. You just I uh, I don't know. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I I should let you talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's after that experience, I literally like just went, listen, I'm not trying to figure out the logic. I just need to wonder why. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I just think about walking into those things and I've walked into plenty of people who do woodworking and any just variety of stuff and I walk in and I'm like, this stuff is great. And if I look at a price tag and it's just a bit, you know, higher than, than I'm ready to do, I just go, this stuff is great. Thanks for making it. You know, and I, I just, yeah. I leave. It's not like I need to go, this is too expensive for me. I wear rubbery. Do they, do they, ever, do they ever try to haggle with you or is it, is it just a, a your stuff's too expensive and walk out grumpy? They have tried to haggle. It was worse when I did uh, textiles. Hmm. It was worse when I did sewing. Um, I feel really bad after selling sewing. If you sell sewing, oh my God, more power to you. <laughs> because they used to break it down for me. I used to be like, these are hand sewed. And they're like, well, you can make it cheaper by not hand sewing them. Oh Lord. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> but with pottery, you can't really say that. Because you, pottery has to pretty much go through a kiln to be permanent, you know, so you have to make it, even if you go to like a paint your own pottery place, that just means they did the first firing for you and then you glaze it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can't have people being like, well, why don't you just buy them and then stamp them? Sharpie. Sharp. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> You just draw on a, an already done piece of pottery and call it yours. I mean, right. I think we've unlocked we've unlocked the secret, uh, Rachel. It's it, you're, you're just working too hard. We've got you just it. need to sharpie it. I'm trying to like picture my stand if people came in. It's just like mugs from the dollar store <laughs> with sharpie smiley faces. You know what? You might be onto something. <laughs> I feel I feel like your next booth. You should just have like two or three. <laughs> of those with just a little stupid red sharpie smiley faces. Those are sixty. Those are- <laughs> <laughs> this is this is avant garde. This is the real art. What does that this say about society? <laughs> yes. How how do you? This is something that, that I always I, I, I try to figure out when um, my wife was trying to paint some stuff and thinking about pricing. Like, how do I price my art? What is what is my time versus materials? Like. Do you do you agonize over those numbers to try and figure it out, or do you just go? I'm gonna throw it out there at this much and at least oh, cover myself. Oh. I used to undersell myself really bad, but when you first start, you don't need an income as much as you need like money for more supplies. So I started out doing really extremely detailed commissions that I repriced them in my head. 
if I would sell those mugs now, they'd be like $150. Oh, wow. And I did it for 30 Wow. <laughs> so the problem, not the problem, but the thing about pottery is you get faster. But when you factor in your time, you have to factor in experience. You know, so yeah, it used to take me 15 minutes just to make one, you know, cylinder on the pottery wheel and now it takes me about five but now your mug doesn't weigh like as much as a brick does (laughs) so oh my god i've picked up some of my old stuff i'm like you could kill a person (laughs) (laughs) that was uh good for muscles right yeah exercise yeah yeah so yeah it is a it's a quality it's quality thing as well so, yeah, I agonize because it's so, it's hard. And you never know with your customers. I had this little old lady come up to my stand. Um, she was looking at, well, I don't know if your, your audio listeners aren't going to be able to see this, but she was looking at one of these. It's and, a gorgeous uh, mug she's holding up, by yeah. the way. Oh, oh why, thank you. Um, and she was like, oh, how much is that one? And it's funny, you delay I was almost apologizing. I'm like, mm-hmm. it's 30. And she goes, I love it. I'll take it. Oh. And I was like, okay. But then, you know, there's some people where you're like, it's 30. And you have to value your time when you price. You know, you can't. And what people don't realize is I pay a 20 to 25, sometimes 30% commission. To where I'm selling. Oh, wow. So you're already taking out a couple bucks there. Um, and I just signed up. I'm actually going to be at Awesome Con. I am not going to tell you how much the booth fee was. <laughs> Is it ridiculous? I feel like not, it hurt your feelings. I mean, it. it's totally worth it. I understand why. But uh, since we've talked about crying... <laughs> <laughs> After it officially uh, came out of my bank account, a few tears were shed. Oh, my gosh. Paying for the booth. I was like, oh, you know, so people don't realize, you know, when you go to an art fair, the people pricing their stuff, they're pricing in not just time, material, experience, um, but also what they paid to show up that day. I didn't think about that. Man, but yeah, I definitely agonize over my prices because I want people to be able to afford it. I have seriously no joy in seeing somebody who really wants something and they can't get it. Yeah. That is that is not fun. So yeah. you have you build a connection with, with that person. You're like, you want my art. That makes me feel good. You can't afford my art. That makes me feel bad. But like you you like you can't give it to them. You know, you still yeah. gotta you still gotta value yourself, like you said. I think that's that's probably a, a struggle that a lot of artists and creatives have. Is like, it, it, it's a person issue. Like this is an issue with all people. They're like, my stuff is fine, but really, like somebody looking from the outside in is like, this is amazing. Why are you not charging seventy five dollars <laughs> a cup? And you're just like, I, this, I'm not as good as other potters. You know that kind of voice in your head trying to yeah. tell you just give your stuff away. It's fine. <laughs> just Steve a, is voicing imposter syndrome in this scenario. That's, no, it's legit. Oh, like I, I I'm a software developer and I'm terrified. Every time I, I do something, I'm like, will you look at this code? It kind of sucks, but it's fine. And they're like, this is great. What are you talking about? You're stupid. <laughs> You're stupid. Take my money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your friends both edify and insult you. Yeah, it's it's, yes. it's it's this battle like with your yourself. It's like I was saying, anytime you expose your art, you're exposing a nerve. You're like, I hope everyone likes this. Yeah, this I feel like great. there's a subtle shift now, very subtle, and I, I hope it picks up going from, you know, fast fashion and as cheap as you can get it to looking at things for quality and value more. Yeah, and sorry, I'm, I'm gonna move in my chair quick. I don't want it to squeak. There you go. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> we'll just blame it on me. It's like the rise okay. of the hipster is doing more favors for for people who create 
homemade right. things or leather goods and stuff like that. Like we're giving these people a hard time. These people, like, you people, you hipster. Be, no, but like I love stuff. Shoot, if you gave me a typewriter and I wouldn't like like a complete weirdo at the coffee shop typing on a typewriter, I'd do it. <laughs> but I think I think those those people that are looking to for that natural, local, homegrown, homemade thing, I think there it is starting to increase. Um, which should help out people that sell their stuff on Etsy like you do. Yes, definitely. And it's our area is really, really good about making craft fairs that are all local. Um, because, you know, sometimes you could go to a fair and it's just kind of all over the place. Yeah. You don't know who's, who's local. But um, so people can come and it creates a community where I actually sold a mug the other day. Where uh, the woman was like, you know, I'm a photographer. I do lifestyle photography. We were chatting for a while. And she picked out a mug. And she goes, hey, I'm going to follow you on Instagram. And she goes on her phone. And she's like, I already follow you. And I look at my phone. I'm like, I already follow you as well. (laughs) That's amazing. So apparently at some point we met each other at a different community event. But we forgot. (laughs) So, yeah, community is really important, whether even at a comic convention, just that community trying to really show the value of what someone's put into something. You can kind of just get together with with other artists in all different mediums for for different, you know, coming from different places. But there's all there's this core of like, we're all making things. so we all kind of understand to some degree what each of us is going through and, and you build a camaraderie there. Was that yes. was that hard to build when you were first getting started or did you just find yourself going to a con and then, ta-da, I've got friends. I now have a support group. <laughs> like how did, I guess you took a class. Under the stairs. I took a class under the stairs. Um, Dumbledore came and said, you're a potter. <laughs> um, you know, and then I got kicked out, but uh, that's all right. That doesn't prevent you from being a teacher at Hogwarts, apparently. No, um, no it's fine. Even working for Voldemort doesn't prevent you. Yeah, yeah. You could you could just... Oh, I'm fine. so sorry. That's a huge diversion. Just cover that tattoo. <laughs> we, we love Harry Potter work. I'd be down there hitting on a Snape. He'd be like, get out of the dungeon. I'd be like, <laughs> be like my studio is down here, bro. You're in trouble. <laughs> Rachel's been hiding secret snake faces at the bottom of all of her cups. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's actually easier. Like I said, I have writing friends. I have nerdy friends. Pottery is very difficult sometimes because it turns out a lot of potters hate fan art. Huh. They absolutely hate it. Um... So it kind of distanced me a little bit because, you know, it was just, it was really weird hearing people say, you know, if you can't do your own art, you, you shouldn't do it. It's not creative. You're wasting your time. And I said, I wrote a book. I write, I write stories. I, I draw, I create all my own stuff. You know, it doesn't take away your value as an artist. If I want to make one cup, that's fan art. You know, so it's a little difficult. I'm slowly getting more into the pottery community. But it's very different. It's very, very different. I would not have, have thought that that would have been a, a wall you needed to break through or <laughs> another creative group, right? Just a different creative medium. It is a very different personality. And some, well, like anything, some people are awesome. Uh <laughs> <laughs> But I all, I actually think it hasn't quite moved into pottery yet that there's room for everybody. Mm. Because, you know, writing, there's room for everybody. Drawing, there's room for everybody. But pottery is starting to boom. It's really booming. There's more access. You know, people on Instagram see it. They want to try it. So if you were the only potter in your town... For 30, 40 years? Well, now there's 12 potters. Oh. And it's a little difficult. But it really, it is, it's a positive environment. You just have to find kind of where you belong. 
I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah. No, it, yeah. it does. I think once a once a thing's been established for so long as a, a niche, like really small, tight-knit group, then getting into it is really difficult. And you're either going to walk into it and people are going to go, finally, someone is taking an interest in this. Or you're going to find people going, yeah, you can, you can potter. You can do yeah. your pottery thing. And then they just kind of walk away. Like, I feel like things like, like blacksmithing might be something... <laughs> You know, like to me, that's a trade that's, that's disappearing, and people are like, "This is great," but I mean, maybe I'm I'm wrong, and they'd be the same way about somebody trying to get to know it. It's like, yeah, you might not have the skill. I want to go try something else. <laughs> like immediately <laughs> discouraging. We actually have a, a blacksmithing little school near us, which is kind of funny. That's um, cool. Yeah, our our community here is kind of wild. It's great. We have everything, but you really. I, it's funny. I remember when, uh, you know, NaNoWriMo kind of really kicked into high gear and it went. Now, I didn't start querying my book until about two years ago, but it went from agents getting like, you know, maybe 10 queries a day to all of a sudden, this is intensely competitive. Oh. So I think pottery is really in that intensely competitive growth spurt right now. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. But I would love to see people have told me that they're going to have to throw out like their store-bought mugs to make room for <laughs> yes. like yeah. So maybe around here, you know, instead of worrying that someone's going to you know, buy different pottery instead of yours, get people to throw out the stuff they bought. There you go. Not from pot, but you know, store-bought. Yeah. yeah, the store-bought stuff. I I love a custom mug. I mean, I've got you know, the 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 company branded mugs that I get as swag all the time. So that feels like a custom mug, but it's not. I mean, I'd much rather prefer a mug. Like, your mugs actually hold a decent amount of coffee, you know? Like, I, these mugs are like, this is not going to get me through the next hour. I need a much bigger mug. <laughs> I actually had to be, when I started, I drink out of a uh, French press because I'm fancy. Nice. <laughs> Pinky up. Yes, so I actually, I love smaller mugs, and I'll catch myself making, like, six-ounce mugs, <laughs> and then someone will be like, hey, just to let you know, that's not, like, a cup for normal people, and I'm like, oh, so you just make it a little taller. Yeah, you know? it's not the, uh, the six-ounce mug is the, the tea, the teacup size. No, the teacup needs to be, like, 20 ounces. Yeah. I have Let's a soup real. mug that I have that I've drank coffee out of before. It's for soup, but I put coffee <laughs> in it because that's what I do. See, if I drank that much coffee, I would levitate and float into another dimension and then explode. That'd be awesome. Maybe until the exploding part. I don't really oh, know where I would oh, go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> be like really cool for 10 seconds. Yay. <laughs> Man, I'm just thinking about people not wanting you to do fan art. That's so weird to me. Because, like, like you were saying, artists, like, I talked to Neil Adams. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he's, uh, he's a comic yeah. book artist. He's been working for a million years. He invented Green Lantern and, uh, yes. and, and uh, Green Arrow, practically. But he's amazing. He said in front of a, a room full of people, if you would like to draw, trace. There is nothing wrong with it. He said, trace things. He said, you're never going to learn perspective if you don't trace someone else's work to get an idea of how they drew it. And then huh. you can kind of learn. He's like, I trace. He's like, I trace for style all the time. I've been doing this forever just to kind of refresh myself and learn new ideas. So I feel like with pottery, it's if I want to copy someone else's mug just to see if I can figure out that technique or like how they did it, I don't have to sell that mug. I don't have to... To, or I don't. Yeah. I actually had somebody do that to me, but they sold it, and that wasn't cool. Yeah, that's not cool. Yeah, yeah I won't. They I copied won't go down. Your, your mug? Yeah, I won't go down that road. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but with, there's a difference between stealing and hurting somebody and fan art. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and yeah. I found myself in this really elaborate, because, you know, if you're going to argue, you may as well argue on Facebook. Um, this really, I unfortunately introduced myself to this huge pottery community on Facebook by arguing. 
which is actually how I met one of my closest friends. We got into an argument on Facebook and now we're thick as thieves. Oh, so, that's fantastic. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, but they were saying, you know, fan art is stealing. It's a waste. You know, you're going to get sued. You're going to go to jail. <laughs> and I said, that's that's actually not how that works. Um, let me let me link you to some of the laws and the guidelines and well they didn't like that. So eventually <laughs> it was doesn't like logic. No, eventually it was this just circular argument of well I think you're wrong. Well I think I'm right. So eventually I just went maybe I won't post the fan art mugs. <laughs> maybe I'll leave those for Instagram and not post them on the Facebook. <laughs> yeah, people get some people get really, really mad at fan art pottery. So when you say fan art, just to kind of at least set my mind, you're, could you explain a little bit uh, detail-wise what you, you mean in particular? You know, you draw an original drawing, and instead of painting it on paper, you paint it on the pottery. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're you you're talking about sketches and pictures versus um, a style of of mug, right? Okay, okay, cool. That, that's what I was thinking. I just wanted to make sure that I was on the same. Yeah. So. Mug. Yeah. So like a fan art mug would just be instead of just draw. I mean, you have to draw it on paper first, or I have to draw it on paper first. So you would draw like fan art of whatever you wanted to draw, but instead of like you know making a print. You would put it onto the pottery. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I love doing those because, you know, it makes people happy. They have a piece of fan art. You know, I have a lot of prints that I purchase and that I never buy a frame for. So, like, you have it. It's functional. If you decide you don't like it anymore, you can give it away. I just... Sometimes I like doing them and... uh yeah, some people really don't like that. So that was hard to get used to. Huh. That, that, I feel like, I wanted... a, like if you were to draw a really awesome Batman picture and put it right. on a mug, Smash would buy that like four times. Yeah. You know, I like, have one in every room. I could, I mean, I would I would do stuff like that. If I didn't know any better and I was like, I'm going to do Potter stuff, I don't know what to put on here. Maybe a Superman logo would look cool. You know, like I, that, in that kind of thing, I'd be, Batman. I could see like anybody doing that and then going like, look at me, Potters. I made a thing. Isn't it awesome? And then having them just destroy you. What are You're you doing? You're not creative, sir. Be gone. Oh, that's so sad to me. <laughs> it, was a, it was a little rough. Yeah. So, uh. I just don't I mean, post the uh, the Bill Cipher mugs anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, kudos to you for powering through that and continuing to do your art anyway, because it, it takes a, a certain type of personality to be able to take that and be like, I'm just going to keep doing it and never mind those people. Because <laughs> a lot of it would be like, oh, I'm do- I did oh, I did it bad. I'm the worst potter ever. I quit. <laughs> you know, so like that's really, really cool that you, you had that come at you and still, you know, and it shows it. not to engage it versus mm-hmm. arguing continuously. Yeah. <laughs> right. It was only about three hours until I chose to discontinue. <laughs> Which is fantastic because a lot of people will beat their face against a, a brick wall until their nose is bloody and then go at it again the next day. It's like arguing with a troll. You know, like, <laughs> why are you being oh mean? Just- Ooh, troll bug. <laughs> Make a troll mug. That would troll be great. mug. You can make a troll mug for all the Facebookies. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh no. It'll have a lid that just looks like troll hair, like the old school eighties. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, the movie just came out like what, two years ago, a year ago? Of the trolls? Yeah, the yeah. trolls. Yeah, with the fun hair. I watched the cinema sins on it, but not the actual movie. <laughs> That's how I watch movies now. You just yeah. <laughs> Who's got time for the theater anyway? <laughs> 15 minutes cinema sends done. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sometimes I'll just like read the spoiler page. What were you going to say? No, no, no. You, I, I, I was interrupting you. You're good. Um, but yeah, spoiler page. That's a good place to go. Spark. It's like spark notes for a yeah. movie. It's a good place to hang out. I was going to ask you, like, you've got a ton of different, um, different mugs and different styles and different things going on. Like, where do you get your ideas from? When you sit down to, to with a lump of clay, are you just 
is is it like an open canvas for you? Just like, what am I gonna oh, do? it is literally on the pottery wheel, like a Jesus take the wheel moment. Sometimes <laughs> he does not. He has never taken the wheel. <laughs> so it's funny because you can start with an idea. But as you learn about like glazing and what the clay can and can't do, it, that's that's kind of where you have to you have to go with the flow of the clay. So I actually the mug you can't see. I was just kind of playing around with trimming and uh, with things you can do with the paint, and it was partly an accident. Um, but other ideas, I'll kind of sketch what I would like the mug to kind of express first. Like if I want, if I want to make a monster mug, I'll sketch monsters first. And if I want to make like a mug with a fox on it, I'll sketch a fox first. And then you have to start thinking about, you know, how is someone going to use this? So the fox mugs I make, you know, you take the fox drawing and you think, well, if I put, you know, the design on flat, it's more functional. So that's kind of where the design goes that way. Whereas with the monsters, there's little bits and pieces on them that are more fragile, but it's a little more lively. So I'll try to take it in that direction instead. So it kind of, your ideas have to evolve as you're working. Huh. I was just I was staring at your, your header with the the little monster with the the fun orange nose and the the little, (laughs) I, I wouldn't. How do how do you get that to stick on? Is that the first? Like, do you sculpt them separately and then pop them on, or is that with the cylinder? Yeah. So you make the cylinder, and then you wait a couple days till it's a little the body, like the cylinder is a little harder, a little firmer. Mm-hmm. You trim it, and then you can sculpt and add things on. That's amazing. So, that, the patience required. You say wait right. a couple days. I'm like, a couple days? Like days is a D-A-Y? <laughs> like what? No. I thought the longest time possible was waiting to hear back from, from literary agents. Man, waiting for that kiln to cool down. It is like time stops. <laughs> it it cools down i forget how fast it goes but it takes hours and hours for the kiln to come back down and uh there's a saying in pottery when you open it it's either going to be christmas or halloween <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome you don't know what it's going to look like till you open it oh, i didn't that's... take in the patience portion of pottering Patience portion of pot- yeah sure that works so uh, I've quickly realized I will not be able to do any pottery because I have zero patience. Yep, I don't have any. Like I used to have a friend who would do all these creative works, and he's like, "I'm just gonna let that glue dry for a day." I'm like, "What? Nope. Like, a day? <laughs> Does it? Don't you need like what? Fifteen minutes? Come on, what are you doing?" And he would let it sit. He might let it sit three days before he went nope. back to it. And I, if I let something sit three days, Rachel, I'm not picking it back up again. <laughs> Uh, oh my it's, god! It's gonna sit, and I would be like, "Yep, I remember when I worked on that." Oh yeah, if you dry it too fast, it actually cracks. Oh no! Yeah, it it punishes you. Also, if like, so the clay has like memory. So like, if you make a cylinder and you bump it, like let's say you try to pick it up and your thumb pushes part of it in, if you try to push it back out, it's probably gonna crack. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it's just every opportunity is a chance to throw that thing in the garbage. So. <laughs> you picked a challenging uh, art form yes. to work yes. on. You went from things you could just delete and re-add to like actual broken things that make you lose time. Oh, my God. The one time I was taking a set of monsters out to the car and... You know, not thinking, I grabbed two of them by the handle. They clanked together and broke, like, fresh out of the kiln. Oh, I And cry. I never, I never did that again. They're just like, okay, that's uh, what happened. This, this struggle is real. Uh, the, the, so far, we've learned that the starving artist is real, and the struggle <laughs> of carrying things to the car is a real, a real thing. I remember my wife made a cake once, and I was carrying it with her. I was like, this is crazy. This is crazy. <laughs> 
what that you're putting this pressure on me like i'm gonna drop it like i'm sure your husband feels that way if if he's carrying your mugs he's probably like i'm gonna die i'm gonna die okay they're in the car they're safe i love that your husband gave you that that option of you know what like you go chase your dream you do this thing like i totally want to high five him for that that's that's amazing and awesome and I will deliver him the high five. He'll yes. wake up tomorrow and I'll be like, someone on the internet gave you this high five. I'm like, this okay, he's used to weirder things. <laughs> Weird people I talked to last night, one of them wanted me to high five you. <laughs> okay. 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 Yeah, you know, it's, you know, it, there's a lot of people, whether or not you're on the spectrum, the work world, like the typical work world is just not made for some people. Mm. And I tried for a long time. I really, I was like, I'm going to move up in retail management. Man, retail <laughs> is, uh, it, yeah, anyway. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, at that point, I was not happy at all. And it, it was past the point of not happy. You know, I don't want to call it a crisis moment because I don't want to be heavy, but it basically was. Detrimental so, to your mental health. It was very detrimental, but um, it was also, there was that very, very dark, unsure period until I started making money, until I started being successful. And I think everybody creative goes, goes through that, you know, whether you do go to college and then you have to like, you know, find a job or you're just out there, you know, freelancing, there's a lot of unsurety, unsurety. Oh God, I write. Insurity. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere there's like an agent who still hasn't replied who's like, mm, mm. Like, I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, but you know, it's, and before every show, you know, whether you, whatever kind of shows you do, or if you have an online shop, you put your stuff out. You know, if it doesn't sell, you wonder, what am I going to do? But yeah. then it does. And you're like, hey. Yeah, there you go. that's it's it's wild. The uh, I I think you know, it's it's cool that you're you're doing that. And you were decided like that the regular work world wasn't for you. Like I think of so many kids that are like, I don't know if I can do this college thing, you know. And maybe there is another option. We just we're so driven by society. Like, go get your degree, yeah. go get a job. Corporate America will take care of you. And so often we see that that's not the case. Like corporate America thinks you're a number and will throw you out the window the minute yeah. the, the stockholders revolt. Um, yeah. There's a Jim Carrey gave that commencement speech. He's like, there's no time to worry about being afraid of doing of your following your dreams. Cause he's like, my dad was an accountant. He called it the safe job. He was laid off and we were on the street and that story really resonates. Cause it's like, especially you know, I've always been Mr. Go to work. You know, my dad worked for the same company forever. And it's just like, this is how life is. I'm, I'm always, I admire people who can, who can just go, I can strike out on my own and give this a try. It's horrifying and it's scary. And it's, <laughs> there's so much work. There's so much work involved in, in pushing yourself. Because if there's one person you can let down most often, it's probably yourself. <laughs> so you're like, I could handle that. I'll just let that go. No big deal. But like you, when it's, when it's your everything, you can't. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's awesome. But man, I have thoroughly enjoyed talking to you, Rachel. This has been finally yes, such a wonderful conversation. I have so many great nuggets of advice and, and cool stuff to bring out of this conversation. So thank you so much for being uh, open with us and, and talking to us about all, all the different things that you've gone through and your struggles and your successes and uh, your techniques and all that stuff. We love that. Crying in the art basement. Yeah. That's still, oh my. That's still my favorite that's thing. Stick. That's going to stick. It's the new uh, Panic at the Disco album. I yeah. Think. <laughs> that's the cover band. <laughs> Sounds about right. Thank you. Seriously. Thank you. This was this was so fun and it was well worth the wait. So. <laughs> I just, I love your bow tie. I feel like oh. you need to have the, the bow tie mugs now. <laughs> oh, like I, should, I will. My signature bow where can tie mugs. Where can we find you? Yes. Tell us all okay. about your stuff. So I do have an Etsy, but pottery Etsy's are usually pretty empty until we do restocks. So you can find me under Ink Truffle Pottery on Etsy. Um, a really sure bet is Instagram, where I am just under Ink Truffle. 
Okay, perfect. Gotcha. Yep. So do you take the orders over um, Instagram as well as? Yes. Uh, if you ever see anything you like and it's not in my Etsy shop, you can just DM me and I will sell it to you. Cool. Yeah. That's such a good and way I, to do yeah. it. That's clever. Yeah. It's because uh, you don't want to cross post. Like you don't want to put something in a shop and put it in Etsy. That is just a recipe for stress. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so guys, go throw away your uh, your your five dollar Target mugs and go buy something amazing. <laughs> oh my goodness! I want these and robots. Handmade. I want this narwhal. I don't want I want all your stuff. These robots. There's going to cool. be more robots. I hope so. There's a game I played on stream once called Machinarium, and these robots throw oh, back to that. Oh my god! I love. That I game. love Machinarium. <laughs> so good, right? I still haven't played. I I know we're we're running late here, but I still haven't played like Phone Home. I think it's called. Oh, is, is it by the same studio? I don't think so, but there's uh, one called like Phone Home. I need to I need to get on those robot games. Awesome. You're yeah. a cool person. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Mac You're awesome too. Well, thank you so much again, Rachel, for hanging out. We'll put all those links in the show notes for everybody to uh, to find. If you missed it when you're listening live and you're like, I need to know what they were, then you can head over to creatorcrush.com where you will find uh, all the show notes for today. And uh, Rachel, thank you so much for hanging with us. Yes, thank, thank you, for you being too. Right. Wonderful and with the reschedules <laughs> and <laughs> for sure. That's a huge thanks to Rachel for coming on the show. That was an amazing conversation. Uh, you can find her stuff if you want to by going to Instagram.com slash ink truffle or searching for ink truffle pottery on Etsy. You can also Google uh, ink truffle and it is a unique name and you'll find her Twitter and all the other places where you can go. Uh, follow her Instagram for the pictures of her work. Uh, she also said you could DM if you'd like to uh, anything you want to buy. Uh, and she will she will uh, hopefully be able to accommodate that request. So go buy some stuff. And the links are in the show notes on creatorcrush.com, so you can always visit there. If you have questions or would like to suggest a guest uh, for us or be a guest yourself, send us an email at creatorcrush at gmail.com. Uh, you can support this show and all the other fun stuff that we do here at Two Dorks at twodorks.net slash tip. And if you don't have cash, just toss, a toss us a review on your favorite podcast app. It's the best way to do it. Uh, upcoming December 21st uh, is the charity stream for Two Dorks TV. So if you would like to give money to, to Toys for Tots, consider hanging with us on December 21st uh, for Yay. our all-day game stream. We will have some fun. It will be raising money for the kids. Thanks, everyone. And we will see you next time here on Creator Crush.